What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. It's March 29th. There's single digits left of NBA games before the playoffs. The final four is this weekend. I don't know. I feel like we've been saying for months it's the best time of year for basketball. But it just it's a magical time. We're just happy people. That's what it yeah. comes down to. My girlfriend, I, I was having this argument with my girlfriend the other day. Well, not argument, but I was just like explaining about the Final Four and then now WrestleMania is this weekend and then it's the playoffs. I'm like, it's the best time of the year. She's like, you always say it's the best time of the year. Like when I talk about sports <laughs> stuff, I'm like, that just means I'm I, like, I don't know what's bad about that. There's nothing bad yeah. about that. Always happy. And this is really like, though, we're getting into it now. This is really the yeah. sweet spot. Yeah, we, we got, got like six, six, seven regular season games left. I mean, crazy. Yep. We are close. Home stretches here. And this is the first time in a while I think I can remember the playoff races this tight with this many teams still yep. fighting. It's going to be just an epic last uh, stretch of the season. First time the play-in tournament really feels like it's going to be something that every NBA fan can get excited about. I feel like there's people who hated on it in the past, but I mean, it's going to be pretty hard not to watch it this year with the with the teams involved in both conferences. Um, we'll end the show with that, though. A little, We're going to look ahead at the playoffs towards the end of the show. Starting with the news and notes, as always, Kevin Durant set to return tonight. Well, honestly, reading the bullet points on the news and notes here, like it just feels like this season's been a revolving door because <laughs> you, you just read the first two points. Kevin Durant... Kevin Durant set to return from injury and Ben Simmons out for the remainder of the season. Just KD and Ben Simmons and the Nets and the Suns somehow filling up our whole news and notes. Um, I feel like that's how it's gone all season. But KD returning, uh, you know, uh, barring a setback in warmups, that's interesting and definitely amazing for the Suns because we talked about it. Big game, too. I mean, a huge game against Minnesota. They need him tonight. It's it's humongous. We talked about it last week. If they don't have KD back, there's no guarantee these guys even make it out of the first round. Um, So they, you know, is as meaningless as these last few games can be for some teams, definitely not the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I, I think if you're the Suns, too, I mean, this is huge, A, for building the chemistry with the team, right? But but it's also huge for them to just get ready for what could be their first-round matchup. They could be seeing either the Warriors or the Clippers. And I'll tell you yeah. what, you do not want to come into that game rusty. You do not want to come into that series, you know, not ready to go, not just trying to work out the kinks with the team. You got to be – you got to be ready. You got to be all ready – You've done the reps with this lineup. You've seen what you got. You're comfortable with one another. They haven't had enough games together. So they got to get ready because I'll tell you what, and we've said this since the start, the Warriors and the Clippers are still two of probably the most terrifying first-round opponents you can go up against if you're a top-four yeah, sure. seed right now in the Western Conference. Whew. I mean, it's just like it's it's a lot of chemistry you want to see get that's not been getting built the last couple of months, but does I feel like Kevin Durant's the one guy you can kind of just drop in any situation and just be like, Hey, you got to go play basketball and play meaningful basketball on a week. And you can, you'll fi- be able to figure it out pretty easy. Like he's pretty seamless to get in yeah. there. It's the West dude. I just, I don't know. I don't even know what to think. 
I really don't. There has never been a situation, and the Suns are a part of this greater conversation for me with the West, where there's never been a situation where I felt as little confidence in almost every contender in a conference as I do in this Western conference. And for that, if Kevin Durant comes back and he just looks, you know, pretty normal, it's going to be really encouraging. I think for my, where I believe the Suns standing in the overall West and as we look towards the playoffs uh, and contender wise and everything else, it's going to, I'm going to become really confident in the Suns if he kind of just looks like Kevin Durant again. Agreed. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was starting to, right, before the injury. And then, obviously, the f- the freak just w- absolute wipeout in warm-ups going up for a routine layup. So crazy, I mean, you, dude. We know KD's had some weird injuries in the past, but, I mean, that's that's got to be one of the weir- weirdest injuries I've seen ever in this sport. So, yeah, you hope um, he kind of just picks up where he left off because – he is Kevin Durant. He is a bucket getter. He can get dropped into a situation like you mentioned, Jake, and yep. and help a team make a push for the playoffs like he's done many times. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, bright lights tonight for the Phoenix Suns. We'll see how KD looks. I mentioned this already. I bunched them together because it does really feel like Ben has – for how little Ben Simmons has played, he has been a part of this podcast and a part of our news section nearly every week, at least every other episode. Ben Simmons out for remainder of the season. Um, he has the nerves in his back going on. He has the Nets probably just not being patient enough um, about his situation, and they just decided to shut him down. He still has two years left on his contract. I looked at today, and he's set to make thirty-four million next year, and then just about forty million the year after that. What That's do you lot. guys? That's what do you guys think? who doesn't like basketball. That's a lot to pay someone who does not enjoy to play the game of basketball. I mean, yeah, we, we, we said this before, the Nets backed themselves into a corner. And honestly, I think the moves they made at this deadline kind of helped them a little bit. Um, but the Ben Simmons one is just, you, you're not gonna, you, you just got to eat it at this point. You really do. I, I'm, I'm tired of it. Like holding out hope. Oh, no, Ben Simmons just doesn't like basketball. He's finding everything in the world to not be on the court and play basketball. And I think the Nets have kind of realized that and the moves they made at the deadline kind of seemed like they're moving on completely off the disaster that was the experiment with Kyrie Irving, KD, and Ben Simmons. And they're like, let's try to actually build a decent roster now. And sometimes you just got to eat it. And this is one of those situations where I think you just got to eat that money. What else are you going to do? No one's taking on Ben Simmons. Yeah. He's not Nobody. What do you mean? No one's taking Ben Simmons. Not, you, don't think, you don't think he's ever going to play again? Is that what well, you're I saying? mean, he might he might play again. No one's taking on Ben Simmons with that money. There's no one in their right mind that would take Ben Simmons on with that money. And I don't think Ben Simmons likes basketball. That's one thing I said this year. I want him to prove to me he enjoys playing basketball. I don't think he does. Yeah. Well, it's kind of crazy to just send him home. <laughs> just be like, hey, Ben, you don't need to play. We're, we're, we're going to be the sixth we'll seed, but yeah. yeah. We'll pay you your money that you've earned and go ahead. It'd be one thing if they were bad. Like they're not though. They're going to be a playoff team (laughs) or play in team, but one or the other, like, I don't know. It's just crazy. Donnie, when you said those numbers, it just like, and you talk about, I don't know. I I was rattled. Especially if you're the Nets, like, what do you even do? Like, I think you just kind of have to be bare bones, right? Just, you know, just 
ride it out, I guess. I don't know. Somebody took Russell Westbrook's contract, so yeah, I I agree that it it would be very stupid if someone did. And I don't know, you know, maybe we'll see like some sort of he gets cut or I don't know. I don't even know. I don't I, I think there's some alternative options that can happen where a team wouldn't have to take on all that money, but I agree with you, Steve. Like I don't think that's a smart move for any franchise to make unless Ben Simmons does a complete one eighty. Which but, at this point. Yeah, we Yeah, but I, I think there'll be teams that take a stab on him for the talent that we have already seen and just the name because franchises in every sport but definitely in the nba as well do that they, you know they'll chase a name they'll see if there's anything left in the tank or maybe they think they can change a player but i mean it's it's just a horrible situation i've never you know i can't remember something like this happening where uh a player so highly respected you know making all nba I remember, Jake, when we started this podcast, like it was always, is Ben Simmons going to be the defensive player of the year? Like we've, the first couple of years of happy. I did have a lot of Ben Simmons stock. (laughs) (laughs) A long time to get rid of it. And I was starting to flip. And then all of a sudden that the playoff series happened against Atlanta. And yeah. uh, the rest. I still can't believe that series happened. I like still just remember watching that game. Like I will, I don't know if I'll ever, forget watching that game like i vividly remember like turning it off turning it back on turning it off again <laughs> like just like all right like i can be done with it and then be like oh wait what is wait what's happening wait what's happening it was just yeah poor ben let's talk about some fun yeah. stuff. is there fun stuff i don't even know well, we, is there dame dame shut down for the fun. season as well not yeah not fun but I mean- that Probably makes sense, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not making the play. They want Wemby. They oh, wanted yeah. Dave and Wemby. Dave, Dave is guess looking at it like that I would be get, fun. Now that I would get Wembyana next year, maybe. Like, I'll take that chance. I really so, think that's what he's thinking. You guys saying that, do you, does that mean you guys think Dame will be back in Portland next year? I don't, I don't think Dame's don't. leaving. No, I, Dame's I never I, leaving. I think Dame's Portland for life at this point. I really don't. Yeah. The way the way he's talked about it too, the way we've seen, I just it would shock me at the end of his. Does he have a no trade clause? I mean, I don't know if they would do him like that, but I would assume he I would. would. I think so, but I yeah, would I be shocked if he didn't. Yeah, but it just feels like Dame's one of those guys where at this point, and he's spoken out about it too. Yeah. Like he's spoken out. I could have gone ring chasing. He's like, I'm Lloyd. Yeah, and it, once you say that, like. There's, I don't think he can really go back on his word. I mean, he could, but I just don't think Dame's the type of guy to do that. I think he just stays in Portland to see see how it plays out. You know who is the type of guy? Who'd do that, nope, 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 nope. I do not. <laughs> I want to talk about it. I want to talk yeah. about. It. Here's the thing. Hell can I yeah. say something before, before we yeah. dive into this? Before we dive yeah. into this this narrative that Kyrie ruined another team. Yeah, Kyrie. Kyrie will get blamed for this. Kyrie will get blamed for this. And I think this is the one situation where I don't really think it's his fault. I think he'll get the blame because it's Kyrie Irving. He goes to ruin a team. But it's it's not his fault here. This is a bad, 
basketball team. The Mavs have found a way to construct a terrible team around a generational superstar in Luka Doncic. They are, you cannot, I mean, you cannot justify, you can, I don't care who you are, you cannot justify Powell playing 25, 30 minutes a night when Christian is, Wood's playing 15. You can't justify that. You have Powell, you have Reggie Bullock, and you have Maxi Kleba playing big minutes. Those guys should not even be in many NBA rotations right now. But Kyrie's going to get all the blame. And the thing that drives me nuts is that Kyrie and Luca haven't been playing that bad when they've been on the court together. They've actually been okay. The biggest I mean, issue. Luca's been phenomenal. Do you know what? Kyrie's averaging 26, 4, and 5 for the Mavs. 20, yeah, Steve. No, I, Steve. I'm he always, he's place, always so. averaging 26. I, I, I know. It I know. No, 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 the Mavs have yeah. just built the worst well, team around Luka possible, and it's it's beyond infuriating. It's beyond frustrating, and I know they've been bad since Kyrie and Luka have been on the court together, and everyone's going to do the lazy point fingers. It's Kyrie's fault, but it's really not. I don't think Kyrie's at fault here. Where he's He deserves the blame because wherever he goes, that team implodes or whatnot, and everyone gets boos Kyrie out of town. He fights against the fans. He makes people hate basketball. But everyone that's saying, oh, Luca hates basketball now because he's playing with Kyrie, it's not Kyrie's fault for that. It is the, the roster construction that the Mavs have had. And it's very, very frustrating because they struggled with defense to begin with. Then they trade away their two best defenders. They're just refusing to play Christian Wood when for a spurt, when the other big men were hurt, I'm not even going to mention, I'm not even going to mention the one guy's names, Kleba and the other man who I refuse to name anymore. When they were hurt, Christian Wood came into the starting lineup. The Mavs won eight of nine. The Mavs were playing well. Woods' defense was getting better. He was a big help, and now all of a sudden he's a role player again. But this is one of the guys you sent in the offseason for a bunch of money. You do nothing else at the deadline except get a guy who just needs the I will say about Christian Wood, and it's a point that is not original. I've seen it a couple times the last couple weeks, whatever. He's been on – there's a reason. There has to be some reason he's been on, like, a different team the last couple years. And like there's some there's gotta be something going on. Like he it looks good on the court, everything else, but there's something, something that's fair. There's some reason he's been on a new team every year. That's completely fair. But I'll I'll ask you this. That's completely fair. But is there any world we live in when you watch the two guys one right after another and someone goes, Dwight Powell's a better basketball player than Christian Wood? Absolutely not. Absolutely. That is that is bizarro land. And that's what the Mavs have basically defended to the point now where Reggie Bullock and Dwight Powell are in late game. Why are they choking fourth quarter leads? Because you've got Luka trying to do everything and getting triple teamed. You have Kyrie, who didn't want to be the ball hog, who's now trying to pass up everything. And you have the three worst role players you could have around them. Now it's just it's very very frustrating. Well, the problem is they traded their only good role player and the guy that was holding the team's trade, stability together for Kyrie. I think that's what you can blame for Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They traded their two best defenders. They traded a guy who could take a little bit off Luca and Dinwiddie. I know Kyrie's a much better player, but you know the stuff. Some stuff Dinwiddie yeah. does well. Kyrie doesn't. And it's just you look at this roster, and it, and I mean you just go down the roster. I can rant about the big men forever, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good player, but not a good fit in this team. Tim Hardaway's not someone you want to be playing no. with Luca and Kyrie. He's just not a good fit you look at uh, like josh green 
not a good fit. Hardy, not a good fit. And All right, then it's so let me ask you this. Would Draymond Green and LeBron James be a good no. fit? See, that's the thing that I you sent to me. It just pisses me off because it's like – Oh, all this talk. Not, oh, I was going Bill to, Simmons. I was Listen, Bill Simmons, 18 months before LeBron went to Los Angeles, was on the LeBron's going to Los Angeles thing. Listen, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll believe it when it happens. But here's the thing. The Mavs are going to need something like that where a star just wants to go to Dallas or just for some reason it's like I really, really want to play with Luka because the Mavs themselves have no clue how to build a team. They have a zero clue how to build a roster. They have zero clue what they're no, doing. No, I mean, it's not. very yeah. rare you see a team at the deadline trade for a superstar and then get to the point where they go from a potential top three seed in the conference to maybe not even making the play-in game. And I know everyone's going to blame Kyrie, but it's Whoa. not Kyrie's 100% so this... fault. It's the roster construction. It's a mess in Dallas. Yeah, they're they're not a good team. They're not a good team. Like no, I don't not. think they're anyone's arguing that. But it is Kyrie. Like Kyrie, it, he just does the same bullshit in every city. It's where he, you know, he just starts randomly calling out fans when they have a bad game, and like yeah. he just can't handle negative feedback, regardless of who it's from in the NBA scope, because. No, I, yeah. He they, like the Mavs lost a heartbreaker and fans booed. That's what they would do in any arena. And all of a sudden he starts just like comparing himself to the regular people of everyday life. Yeah. And he gets butthurt. And then it just so happens in that three game skid where they lose to horrible teams and Kyrie's doing stuff like that. Then Luca comes out and saying, I, I haven't felt like this in, since I've been in the NBA. This is the worst I've ever felt. I'm not having well, fun Luke, anymore. Luca, apparently, so I was listening to Low Post the other day, and Tim McMahon, very close to the to the Mavericks and lives in Dallas, everything, said there, there's some, Luca has something going on in his personal life. Apparently, he didn't delve into what it was, obviously, out of respect to Luca, but there's something going on, apparently, that is like hitting him hard. So that's like another factor with the team going on right now too. Is like clearly if Luca is like miserable every day for something, that's clearly like a personal well. reason. And he is yeah. still playing well, but the, but the, well, the but energy's got to be different. Energy's the energy's. Different. Yeah. I mean, the energy's completely different. You watch the game; it's night and day. It's like Luca goes out there, does his thing. He doesn't say anything. He's yeah. not acting. Doesn't have that little swagger anymore. And I, to your point, Dunny, and I get it with Kyrie. The track record's awful, and obviously, Kyrie is just—he's just too sensitive. He gets butt hurt over some things. But I told you guys this too when the deal happened that I was very torn on it because I'm like, all right, they got another you know superstar type player to play with Luca. But they can't just not only make that move. They, there's a lot of holes that they need to you know, yeah. fill in this roster. They had to improve defensively, and they did none of that. And we said this. As much as I love the Mavs, as much as I'd love to watch Luka tear it up in a, another playoff series, we said that if the Mavs don't make any moves, like this is not a good roster. And it's, it's yeah. clearly showing right now. So I get it. Everyone's going to point the blame at Kyrie. It's very easy to do, right? You could just be like, look at the Mavs record before Kyrie. Look at the record after. Look at all this stuff, you know, distractions that Kyrie's causing. Luka doesn't love basketball anymore. It's clearly Kyrie's fault. I get that. But you also have to look at this as the Mavs roster before the deadline and after the deadline and how the team has kind of reacted or the rotations. I mean, you can blame the coach. You can blame the GM. You can blame Cuban. You can blame anyone, really. For all I care, besides, you know, little 77 boy, sweetheart, Luka Doncic. I love him. <laughs> but this is just a bad team. It's just flat out a bad team yeah. that has been getting bailed out by Luka Doncic playing out of out of this world. And when he doesn't, 
He shows their true colors. Yeah, no, I think I think everyone can see what you're saying. I agree with that 100% what you just said. I just think it's the way they're losing. And then, like you said, like, it's just he it is an easy person to blame. He's there. But at the same time, like, it's almost the same type of fashion that he's done elsewhere with other okay. superstars are somehow getting upset now. And Jake, you mentioned it, you know, there, there probably is something with Luca, but. I mean, to say, I'm sure he would say outside of everything else that he's frustrated with what's happening within the team right now. Um, I'd hope he's not so, yeah. happy. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If he's, and it's, and I um, think the, the biggest thing, Donny, is what we've seen, the, the difference in these like last 20 games, is the fourth quarter. The Mavs have been leading in a lot of games going into the fourth quarter. The games they've lost, they have blown way too many double-digit uh, leads. And the reason why is because there's just no plan for the fourth quarter when teams are like, all right, we're going to double Luca, we're going to triple, we're going to force him to get the ball out of his hand. We're going to do the same to Kyrie, and no one else can step up, and it's just such late – it's just laziness. I mean, it's just – it's terrible. If you watch Mavs games, fourth quarter, it's like, all right, ice a ball between Luca and Kyrie, see if one of them can make a shot. If not, we're screwed. Yeah. I just, it's just frustrating. It, yeah, it's bad. It's definitely a bad product. It's kind of surprising, honestly. I think Mark Cuban has done okay job of constructing teams in the past. I thought so too. But it seems Not like this. a big miss this time around. Um, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, Jake briefly mentioned it there. Bill Simmons said, "What was that earlier this week?" He said, "Today, he, he yeah, thinks Dr- no, it was today." Today, yeah, Draymond <laughs> will end up in Dallas um, with Kyrie and Luca, and then eventually LeBron will join. I mean, even aside from the LeBron, he said thing, that, and he said happen. that's his prediction. He, this was not like I'm speculating this. He's like, I am predicting what, that this is what I'm that? hearing. He thinks Draymond's going to go this year, and LeBron's going to yeah, come. Yeah, LeBron sometime in the future. But well, I mean, what do you separate of LeBron? What do you got? What would you guys think about that? I think that that makes perfect sense for a new landing spot for Draymond Green if he's no, not with yeah. Golden State. Next That's year. exactly be, what they need. It'd be too. a great landing yeah. spot for Draymond. It would help the Mavs out immensely. Get Powell off the fucking court, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly, I, I think it would give the Mavs a little bit of toughness too. And all seriousness aside, Draymond Green, I think he does a lot of things right that no one on the Mavs does right right now. I, I wouldn't yeah. care. Draymond, I would be fine if he had zero shot attempts the entire season if he was on the Mavs. He would give them that toughness down low. He would give them, you know, that kind of ability. And he's a good playmaker too, right? He's someone where Luka could play a little bit off ball, where, where he could oh, kind of be the one who's going to run the offense just a little bit. Nothing crazy, but Draymond's that type of guy. Mavs have three cones, that they play around Luca and Kyrie Irving. They have three cones that know how to do nothing except occasionally make an open shot and get burned yeah. defensively. That's it. So, I yeah, know. it would be a big ad. <laughs> I haven't looked at it time. much, a lot. Like, I haven't looked at it closely yet. But the, the free agent class is – there's going to be – a great middle class in this like it's not there's no real high-end guy but the the middle yeah. class guys there's a lot of good players to spend money on and if that's the their prerogative get that talent around and save just spend up to a max slot for good old lebron james to come through and <laughs> and carry them to a tight i don't that would be crazy i don't know where the lebron thing comes yeah. from with that unless it's to blow it up so Bronny can just go uh go to the Lakers after the Lakers need a need to fill in a spot 
late flyer on Bronny. He gets to stay home, really? live in the house. Someone's got to live there. <laughs> Someone has a big ass there. house, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if LeBron could afford seven. No one live in that house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No, we'll I mean that's the thing, and the biggest issue though is like I I don't trust the Mavs though to make the right call in free agency this hey, year. Hey, come on! Trust them to make the, I don't I don't right now. They haven't shown me anything in the past two years that they know how to construct a roster around Luca. And if they well, want to pay another guy seventy million dollars to come off the, the Porzingis trade, really game, fucked them. By all means. Well, the other thing is too like that was you the wrong can't swing. you can't entirely blame Kyrie for what's happening right now, but. He also makes their decisions this summer that much more difficult. Agreed. Like he's about, to, he's about to be a free agent. You just gave all this stuff up for him. He's someone who hasn't been able to commit to his last three teams. Yeah, but if he knows LeBron's coming, or if no. he knows yeah. Draymond's coming, yeah, I mean, but it's like, like that's all Kyrie's going to need. If that, if, I mean, who? How else? I, I don't even know. Like, can I? I say this though, before like the speculation if they came, but if you're the Mavs and you miss the playoffs this year, how can you look at Kyrie and go, we want to bring him back? How can you do that? Because what else right? do you do? I know. So you're no, you're I know, probably going to want to bring him like, back to trade him again because yeah, you lost like, all your assets. It's a tough spot to be in. You gave up so yeah, much. Yeah, but they can add, they can seats, add a lot this You summer. missed the playoffs. I know. It's just, it's just such a tough situation to be in. I get what you're saying. Mavs, right? How can you yeah. justify that? Even though I don't think, and I just said at the start of this, I don't think he's personally to blame for this. I think there's a lot of other things you can blame. But it's got to be so tough to be in that position to be like, if they miss the playoffs, it'd be like, all right, let's let's uh, let's bring him back. That worked. We went 7-22 and 22 after the deadline. That was a great job. Great job, guys. Let's run it back. You can't. Oh. And, uh, no, I hear Bertans you. and Powell and Christian Wood. You want to know how much it is? I don't want to know. It's $30 million between those three players. It's crazy. Bertans makes 16. Powell Dude, makes Bertans, 11. Wood Bertans, makes How does Bertans make 16? Cleaver, Cleaver makes bro. nine. They're paying those guys $39 million. That's your problem, bro. And it's Bertans, all like. Bertans plays less minutes than millions he makes. He plays 10 minutes a night to make 16 million. Bertans and Kleba are the same player. There is nothing, they, no. there's no way either of them are offering anything different no. than the no. other on the court. All right, no, let's, let's, nothing. let's transition to some stuff that's going to make Steve happy. Because Steve gets to talk about some March Madness here. What what a oh. roller coaster oh. slash shit show slash madness the Elite Eight was. Um, I mean, and we're on to the final four, boys. And our by the way, our happy hour hoops bracket is big. Well, dead. I mean, pretty much everyone's yeah. bracket's big dad. First off, I missed last week's show, and I promised Jake I would do this. 30 seconds, Purdue lost first round. I picked them to win the championship. I will own it. I apologize for frauds. I'm not going to trust Purdue anymore. Zach Eady, seven foot four, but can't do anything on Fairleigh Dickinson, the shortest team in college basketball. That's on me. That's my bad. Now, let's go to the good. So per, this is how crazy this tournament's been, right? I lose my championship in the first round. One seed to a 16 seed. Lost my championship in the in the first round. One of my buddies texts me from one of the like home bracket pools I did. He goes, hey, man, what's your Venmo? I go, why? Why do you want my Venmo? So the guy came in 
second place in the pool. I go, dude, the tournament's still going on. He's like, oh, no, everyone's bracket's done. Everyone's done. <laughs> He's like, everyone's finished. He's like, I think it was me and someone else, I think, just had, uh, I think, three or three or four of the Elite Eight teams. I don't remember how many. But he was like, I think I had San Diego State, UConn, Texas. I think that. And that was enough to get to second place. And he's like, he's like, yeah, what, what's your Venmo? I'll send you the money for the winnings. And that's not like out of the norm. I'm looking at a bunch of bracket pools. Winners are pretty much decided already because yeah. look at this final our, four. Our train wreck pool, it's only, I think, Slick is going mm-hmm. to win unless UConn mm-hmm. wins the title. That's yeah. the uh, that's the only, and that's Rob Ryan. Go. That's the only bracket cop. That's the only scenario that we have a different winner at this point. But, and that's and I think that's the beauty of March Madness, and this is why I'll argue with anyone. This is one of the greatest tournaments, I think, ever. Um, yeah, it's cool to see the Blue Bloods Final Four. I don't the care. Blue Bloods. I, exactly. I don't care. I love upsets. I love seeing these storylines. I love seeing these teams. San Diego State. Now, I'll give myself just a little bit of credit here because that was the one I did say could make Banch – make Bama, you know, kind of uncomfortable, not play well. And what what happened? Bama shot 10% from three in the first half. San Diego's defense is relentless, and they have a pretty good offense and a deep yeah. roster. San Diego State in the Final Four, well-deserved. That's been a great basketball program for a while. Very happy for San Diego State. FAU. Gotta yeah, give FAU. Steve, this is, where, this is where I have beef with you over your Purdue pick because I was all on Memphis I just because I thought they were going to beat Purdue. I know you, you were all and on had, FAU beating and I was We all had the FAU. pieces. We had we them all right there to go and to I, FAU and, run. and I'll tell you what. And I'll tell you what. FAU was one of my favorite teams. I just picked Purdue because I thought Purdue, and I think I said it on the show, right there's just a better version of FAU. Great outside shooters. You got a big man in the middle. Pretty good defensive team. They play, you know, their pace offensively. And Purdue couldn't beat a 16 seed. I think it would have been a great game. Who cares? Purdue's dead. But it's FAU is a dead. great team, and they deserve the credit because they are super underseeded. Although it was still 30. super sus that they beat Memphis the way they did, but we'll just let that, let that slide. There was a couple ones people can make the arguments for, but at the end, like I see it all the time. At the end of the day, people are going to remember that one call at the end of the game. They're not going to remember calls the mid- 15 minutes the into the game yeah. that could have changed things, that could have changed baskets, whatnot. So I don't really worry too much about calls. But FAU, well-deserved Final Four team. They did beat Kansas State, who Marquise Noel, as you know, I love short kings, five foot eight. He's probably shorter than that. He's listed at five foot eight, probably the player of the tournament so far. I mean, just an incredible, incredible player. Dude, Put that, Kansas State on the map. Kansas State was projected last in the Big 12 this year. They get crazy, to the man. Elite Eight. Keontae Johnson, who came from an injury where people didn't think he was even going to play Literally again. On and, bet on himself. Bet on himself. I mean, you got to give Kansas State. I I, I kind of was rooting for him for bias purposes just to keep winning because I love the team. I love the coach. I love Marquise Noel. Marquise Noel, freshman year, won me one of my first ever big parlays with Little Rock when they had a 15-point comeback. He hit the half-court game winner. I'll never forget that. And now to see that people actually know his name, Marquise Noel, and he got the hype was great to see. But that's the thing I want to like talk about. We'll get to the other side first. But – I love the upsets because we learn about these teams. We learn about these players. And it was a great product of basketball. People could be upset that the Blue Bloods aren't there, that all the one seeds lost. But if you want to go round by round by round, we saw some great games 
consistently across the board. And that's all I want as a college basketball fan for March Madness. I want to see exciting basketball, and it really did deliver in pretty much every single round. I thought the first round was great. Obviously, the first round's great when you have a 15 upset. You have a 16 seed upset. You have a couple other great games. The second round was probably the most lackluster of the four rounds so far, but the second round still a lot of great games. And then the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight were fantastic, fantastic basketball. Back and forth, you saw some comebacks. You saw a lot of exciting basketball. I know we had unders galore in the first two rounds, kind of changed the tide in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight where we saw a lot more scoring, a lot more overs. They probably made the rims just a little bit bigger at the second locations. That's just my theory right there because the unders were crazy in the first couple of rounds. but. Some really, really good basketball. And what we get now is a final four of, I think, three teams going for their first ever championship. FAU, San Diego State, I brought them up. You have Miami. You have to give Miami credit. They've been a great basketball program. Well, shout out Jim Laranega to Miami and George Mason. Larry David out there coaching for who knows how long. He (laughs) wants to coach probably 10, 15 more years. Such a great, great program. Such an underrated program, too. Everyone talks about Duke, UNC, ACC, and now you have Virginia in there too. Miami Miami's beats those it. teams. They you consistently year. year to year. They're a great team, great guard play. I'm happy for Miami. And then UConn. I mean, UConn with Danny Hurley. UConn started the year unranked. Then they won, I think, 14 straight. They were like the best team in basketball. Had that midseason lull, and they got hot at the right time. My and I'll tell you Danny what. Danny Hurley thing that he said the other day was like, when we UConn. got, we knew we, we knew it'd be sweet once we got out of the Big East or whatever he said. And that's. And- that's bad, right? And I'll I'll tell you what, UConn has a, a, a deep roster. They have a great starting lineup. They can play pretty, they can play small, they can play big, they can play fast, they can play slow. And UConn, out of these final four teams, I know they're the overwhelming favorite right now, but it it's well deserved for the way they have beaten teams. Guys, UConn's not winning games this tournament. They are running teams out of the yeah. gym in March Madness, and it's super, super impressive. I'm kicking myself. I'm kicking myself because every year when the bracket comes out while I'm watching Selection Sunday, I do a blind. I'm not looking at anything. I'm just picking teams. I had UConn cutting down the nets. Now, granted, it was over Purdue. It was over Purdue. I never. I was always on the Purdue train. I had UConn cutting down the nets, and I talked myself out of it when I submitted my real bracket when I played. Gonzaga over UConn in that elite matchup because it's like, oh, I don't think UConn really is going to be able to handle Drew Timmy. <laughs> they well, they, they handled Drew, Drew Timmy. Timmy all right. They they handled Drew Timmy better than I think any team has handled Drew Timmy. UConn Miami is going to be a great game, and then FAU San Diego State. I don't want to hear any of these blue blood, you know, biased believers like, oh, I don't care about watching these teams. These are two this, this fun n- basketball teams and great basketball teams. It should be two great games. This game, FAU San Diego State is the biggest proponent for uh, like happy life. If you're if you're happy, you will you will play well because yes. they live on the two most beautiful campuses. Probably you got oh. San Diego State, you got Boca Raton. Like these kids are just yeah. living the dream, and now they're cooking at hoops. Like and Miami too, and then you got yeah. UConn. And then you got you. The complete opposite of those three. Well, that's King of the North. Really got them fighting in the streets. Yeah, like he's got those kids out at battle tested, battle cold yeah, weather just, team. Oof, but I do. Good I do I don't. It's good for college basketball. I know it won't get the ratings that a blue blood final four will. I, I like it's just it just won't. But I think it's good for college basketball of just 
awareness of i don't know dude things. is it better i i'd rather have the women's final four right now than those ratings are going to fucking crush oh, caitlin clark be bad and angel like they have it's late loaded up the whole this is like a perfect scenario final four right now honestly for the women's side which is why this like that's why i feel like the comparison people are making that point so much about the blue buds missing because it's gonna look like such a but who gives a who gives a shit? I don't care if your random random grandma in Nebraska wants to watch the final four. That's not. what I'm like, saying. That's not what a basketball. This is good for about. college basketball fans. College yeah. basketball fans, the ones who've been good watching the players, too. since the start, want to see a, a final four like this. Teams that deserve to be here from what they've done all year. FAU was one of, I think, the only team or one of two teams, maybe Charleston, that had 30 wins in the regular season. The regular season. Yeah. And this is a team that's been so good. You could see if you watched FAU games this year, just how the crowd got into it, how they kind of knew this was a special season, just the atmosphere there. San Diego State and Miami, two of the most underrated programs, I think, in our lifetime, seriously. And they finally deserve that. their credit. And then UConn. I call UConn a blue blood at this point. UConn, UConn does this all the time. They just make these final four runs. Yeah. They're just a special program. So San Diego State and Miami being underrated programs in general, the, I have been overlooking them and underrating them this whole tournament, and I think I'm finally switching here in the final four because I'm riding with San Diego State, and I think I'm riding with Miami because – like I just, dude, every game, like it, I had Miami losing to Drake in the first round and they, they looked amazing. And I was like, okay, that was kind of fluky. They shouldn't have been a five seed. They win again. What do they do? They take down my beloved Texas last week and I watched them do great it. And I, and fantastic game. And I want, yeah, dude, that like, I don't know how they did it. I was watching the whole time. They just kept chipping away at that massive Texas lead that they held for most of the game. And then the last eight minutes or so, the momentum was just all Miami. Yep. Um, it, it was incredible. Isaiah Wong, George, Jordan Miller. I didn't know. I didn't know that kid could do that. Yeah. It's like, and then same thing on the other he side. He missed a Diego shot, State. right, in the Texas game? He did not yeah. miss a shot. I didn't miss a free throw either, I don't think. No. Insane. He did not. He, when he tried to put the ball in the hoop, it went in the hoop every yeah. single time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I thought I really thought Texas had that, but then I was like, okay, maybe maybe Miami's just legit, and I've been wrong this whole <laughs> tournament. And then same thing with San Diego State, like absolute like head scratcher when they beat Bama, and I was like, I don't know, like Creighton might have them. Nope. San Diego Crazy, State. Man. And, and this is why when I talked about I had them over Bama in my bracket is this is a type of team. And I watched them all year that even when you're up 15 on them, it doesn't feel comfortable because you can go on a six minute scoring drought against San Diego state. Their yeah. defense is relentless. They crash the glass like crazy. And this is one of their best offensive teams they've had in a while. And it's such a deep roster where foul trouble doesn't really affect San Diego State, but it affects other teams. We saw in the tournament, foul triple played a big, big role in this tournament where guys would have to go out for certain minutes or there would be guys who are getting into foul trouble early and the whole rotation switches up. San Diego State, I think, has eight, nine guys. They don't really have a true superstar. They have about eight, nine guys. Any of them can score 15 a night. All of them play great defense, and it's just 
just that type of, like you watch them and you're like, is this team really good? And then you just keep on watching them and you're like, this team is just relentless. Like they can't get rattled. They don't get run out of games and they're always in the games because of their defense and because of the style of basketball they play. Yeah, man, it's 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 something else with that team. Um, do you do you have them advancing here? I, I have San Diego State over FAU. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think San Diego State has experience. I think they have the coaching advantage, and I think just the deepness of their roster is really going to help them. I like San Diego State, and then I'm going UConn over Miami here. Um, yeah, I I don't hate it either way. I'll be I'm happy with whoever it. cuts down the nets, to be honest with you. But the way I've watched UConn in this tournament, they have looked a step above every other team. They really have. Yeah. And it's in maybe Miami can catch them off guard because that's kind of like how Texas looked before they played Miami. Texas yeah. looked like they were one of those teams, a step above every team. I thought but they I, were. I am going to go with UConn. Um, but Miami's one of those teams where they're a team that can just get hot and they can score in bunches. And like you said, Donnie, it was like a 10 minutes ago in the second half, Miami's down 13. And next thing you know, they're winning the game comfortably. Yeah. I mean, in a blink of an eye. I will say, and I don't. I think this would have happened regardless. But well, big thing was them both being the double bonus, like pretty much the entire second half. I think Miami loved to play that way, and I think Texas mm-hmm. hated to play that way. Agreed. I think Texas wanted to get out and run. I think they wanted to be able to play hard defense. weren't able to do that in the double bonus, um, and they couldn't hit enough shots after that. Once it slowed down, yeah. too, they're just missing open looks. Like after mm-hmm. that, like because they weren't like you said, they were. It wasn't their rhythm that they wanted, and then it's like yeah. okay, so just hit some of these yeah. shots, and they're just like, nope, we're not going to. Today. And Marcus Carr was on a tear as well as Jabari Rice during that game, and then I don't know if you guys saw Carr took a nasty dead leg. He did. He got a I knee did. to the yeah. to the oh. middle of the thigh. And like after that, he—I don't think he hit a shot, and he just—they didn't look the same overall. And I don't think it was just because of that, obviously. But yeah, that was—I mean, that—that that just props to Miami on that one for that comeback. I think the tougher game to decide is definitely Miami UConn. Who who I leaning? Who I'm leaning towards? Uh, I I want to say Miami because I've been doubting them the whole time. But uh, like you said, Steve, I, I mean, there really isn't one bad thing that UConn does. Right. Like they just they, yeah. they have they have it all covered. I Every mean, they just, the game. They uh, just yeah. looked so impressive this tournament, which it didn't matter which team they went up against. Right. You have their first round matchup when they're playing uh, Iona and everyone's like, oh, Patino's going to catch him off guard in the first half. Well, Patino was already great. Uh, he was already in St. Oh. John's. He was, oh, you, you, you know, he, we, we already talked about that, but you look at that first game there, right? When you're playing like a team like Iona and it's, it's like, all right, you know, this is a kind of a fun team had a fun first half. And then the second half ran them out of the water. St. Mary's never really had a chance to keep up with their offense. Then they play Arkansas and that was a blowout. And then Gonzaga, the biggest blowout of them all. They held Gonzaga to 54 points. Gonzaga has been one of the nuts, best dude. offensive teams for probably the past five years. They have been, they were the best rated offensive team this season. Gonzaga is a team that does not get held under 75. If you want to beat Gonzaga, you beat them 90 to 80. That's that's how you, that's the formula beat Gonzaga. And UConn had no business with that. Timmy couldn't get anything he wanted. UConn was switching guys in and yeah. out the entire game, 
and just playing their style. That's of what I'm worried about with Miami because like Miami might only score 48 points against that's UConn my, in a certain scenario. That's like, why I'm leaning UConn. Yeah. The different the offense is both right there, right? UConn, Miami, kind of even. The defense, UConn's here at Miami. So. Yeah, exactly. And UConn's defense, if they can just get Miami in that four or five minutes, they're just going to be running, and win. they're just going to be UConn's going to score 15. Exactly, yeah, they're, they're going to run up havoc. On yeah. And who so knows that, what the shooting's going to end always every final four weekend. Like it's the most cliche thing to say, but in those domes, you never know literally until you see them start shooting in the first five minutes. Like you get a, you'll get an idea of what it's actually going to feel like. Like exactly. it might just be clanks all over the place. And that's the only way you score is those runouts and everything. And that's mm-hmm. UConn 65, that's Miami 58. You know, that's, like that's, that's what they want to do. Game. UConn yeah. could score 65 and 35 of them would be fast break points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just UConn's game. And they're fine with that. The UConn will score 90 if they need to. If you want to get in a shootout with UConn, they're fine. They have the guard play for that. But UConn is fine with just having that defense and then just running and scoring within four seconds on the shot clock. And then next thing you know, you're like, UConn just scored a basket and we got to go down there and try to score again. We haven't done it in our last three possessions. We've had two shot shot clock violations and a turnover. So UConn's really, really uh, impressed me this year. I have to stick with them. Will it be mostly Miami fans there? Mostly UConn? I just don't even know. I, I don't like, know. I don't know what the alumni base for San Diego State I, I, and FAU is like. So it I feel like UConn's more UConn. nationally loved than Miami in terms of a basketball program. But I there might just be a lot of my travel Miami for people. Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting to see what fan base we'd have there. <laughs> if I'm gonna yeah, be honest with you, I don't know. I hope the whole gym's Florida Atlantic. Just <laughs> they saying, just have the whole like, school. All the casuals are just gonna any casual person just going to watch is gonna be cheering for Florida Atlantic. So that'll be without a doubt. Um it's gonna be fun. I unfortunately I'm I'm gonna be pay- paying like 50% attention because it's at the same exact time as WrestleMania night one. So <laughs> will not be my main focus on Saturday, but I will be paying attention and it'll be fun to see if these games have been as chaotic as, uh, yeah. as the whole tournament's been. Do you got a prediction, Jake? I have, I have I'm with UConn. I echo everything you say. I think that whoever, if UConn Miami winner wins a national title and I think UConn's better than Miami. And then, Dunny, who do you have winning yours? Because you had Miami-San Diego, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to – I just want to – I now I want to go UConn because I think everything you guys are saying, right? But this is what no, I've done. No, don't But do this it, is what it. I've done wrong every don't part of the tournament is I've gone against Miami. Trust your yeah. – just trust Miami. I think, you, right, can, I think Miami. you have to go with them at this it's point. It's Miami, and then Miami's winning it. Okay, I love it. Right. And I'll – I'll tell you what, guys, from just a college basketball fan perspective, I don't think I'd be upset with any of these teams cutting down. No, I wouldn't. That's no, I would be I'll happy. I'll be happy no matter what. Yeah. 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 I'm good with this. It's a good it was and it's been so much fun. Like the tournament has been a <sighs> absolute blast. Yes. It's been awesome. So we just talked UConn. Now let's talk unicorns. Oh, nice. Oh, look at that transition. Wow. We got the Not basket. his first time doing this. <laughs> Not my first rodeo, folks. Uh, bad puns all day long. Basketball unicorns, the unicorns of the NBA. We'll start with Jake's dearly beloved, Evan Mobley. Uh, we talked about Jalen Brown's Ringer article last week. Evan Mobley had one of his own. Um, I've 
drawing a blank. I forget. I have it in here, but I forget who said it now. But I did see a, a clip on TikTok the other day of Evan Mobley is a three ball away from being an all NBA guy. Yeah, they were in that Ringer article. His coach said that they're going to be watching a lot of Kevin Garnett this summer, which I think is the most. I love that. That's all I could want to hear. Um, that's what inspired it. Really, the Mobley article inspired it. And just kind of, I just really want to talk about Mobley for a second because I don't think I've tried to resist it for a while like, or not resist it but i just not, i'm not gonna sit here i could i could talk i could have a evan mobley podcast i think just I'll dedicated to him at this point i will join you <laughs> that's how, how excited i am about him um he's the best the player thing, from that class by oh far. by far the best I'm player not, of that class i'm not even but, gonna be like oh you can argue no he's the best player from that class and it's because oh, now, it was... now what you see in this second half the second half of this season now what you see is all of a sudden he can just turn 12 it's not like four minute stretches of dominance it's all of a sudden it's 18 minutes where he's just gonna get the ball on the block and either he's turning around on you and dunking on you or he's throwing up some like the most awkward looking hook shot and it's going down every time like he just has answers he didn't have answers before and now you just think like he's 21 and he has answers like just imagine what it's gonna be like next year in two years and three years like yeah it's, it's fucking nuts dude it's Duh. just it's crazy to think about. It's terrifying. The, the biggest thing I think that's changed in Evan Mobley's game is his aggressiveness. He is yeah. such a more aggressive player now, and I think it's helped him immensely. And he's the type of player, Dunny, like you said, he's a three ball away from being an all-NBA guy. He's the type of player that I would not be surprised next year has that three in his game. He's that yeah, I mean, he's not player. a poor shooter. He's not no, like it's not, it's not like it, it's not like it would be a hard transition for him. Right. No, um, that was Timothy uh, Legler that said the three ball three away ball from away. being all like NBA on and uh, I think he's right. podcast. Yeah, he's no, elite yeah. defensively. He's got good ball handling skills for a big man. He he has the size. He has the athleticism. And you're right, Dunny. He has a good shot. He has a good shot. It's just a matter of developing that into a three point shot. But Evan Mobley, Jake, I'll join you on that podcast because I love Evan Mobley. I <laughs> think this is a guy he, who next year. The way the Cavs roster, however it's constructed, he's a guy who has potentially averaged 25, 12. And like two well, the way it's set up is for that is what he needs to be. Like, he is going to be the number one guy on this. Yeah. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after. Eventually, mm -hmm. this, this whole offense turns to where it's not Darius or Mitchell, whichever one's going. It's we're running everything through Evan, and we'll figure it out from there. And he's almost like it's – it's close right now. It's really close. And it's funny you guys say the aggressiveness because one of the things in the Ringer article that he mentions is the thing that he kind of figured out on his own is that he really needed to just work on his mindset. He said all the stars in the league, they just – he's like, I'm a humble guy. He's like, I see everybody. They look so confident. They look like they know what they're – he's like, not that I've never been confident, but I need to be like – like he knew that he needed – we've talked about it so many times. I know I've – at least mentioned it so many times on here basketball specifically you need your guys to have a little like asshole ego to them otherwise they're not going to be nba stars like that's just how this sport works that's honestly i would say that for every professional sport if you don't have an ego and think you're maybe the best player or one of the best athletes out on your respective field court whatever i don't think you're going to be successful and for him to recognize that he needed that little extra edge and now you're seeing it kind of manifest too that's a dude that gets it. Like he just understands how this shit works too. Talk about the one of the best guys to watch in order to develop something like that too, and being KG. 
Like yeah. that that dude is like the embodiment of having an alter ego when you're on the court. And well, it's not. I shouldn't even call it an alter ego because that's just him. <laughs> like he, you just yeah. find a way to be the best competitor that's inside you. Whether it's talking shit, screaming random shit out loud, banging your head off the stanchion, like that. What what a great person to watch to get that side of you out onto the court. Um, you know, being Kevin Garnett. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think Mobley has a crazy high ceiling, man. And I'm sure you know, big part of it is what makes it easy for him. I'm sure he's doing a lot on his own, but playing with Mitchell this year just must be just make a world of a difference when you have someone who can score like that alongside you. And then you can probably just feed off that confidence as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but there's, we wanted to talk about Wemby here a little bit today too, right? He's still, yeah. Another still hanging going. around, still, still the number one prospect. It's not changing oh, yeah. any day soon. It'll Brandon Miller is number it's two. Solid. Changing. I'd say Brandon Miller is solidly number two on most big boards yeah, that I see behind instead of Scoot yeah. now, but still Wemby's holding on there and the race is it's shaping up. It's shaping up. Any any Piss, thoughts on that? Pistons are doing everything like they that. Really they, they really are. They really are. Dude, I, it, my favorite part about the final stretch of the season is seeing some of the lineups these tank teams throw yeah. out there at the end. And I'm looking at these guys and I'm going Dude, I, you weren't even on the radar a few weeks ago, and you're drop, you're scoring twenty a night yeah. for this team now. No, Another team good. that's trying, they're not really to the point of where the Pistons are. The Utah Jazz are throwing out some lineups out there. They're yeah. they're trying to fall. They're trying to fall down. They're like we're not making the play yeah. in at all. We're doing that, anything that, that play we in can race, to not make the play-in. That play-in race went from four to eleven, or four to twelve, from four to eleven, so quick, so quick. Utah was like, "You guys could, you guys could take." This. Yeah, like we'll, like, we'll go for Webby. Yeah, we'll take the other way. No worries. Yeah. They aren't. I mean, they're they're down to they're down to twelfth now, and there's four teams down there. Realistic shot, and then you go to the East, and it's really like, I mean, Orlando's pretty much out of it at this point. But you're looking at like seven to eight teams realistically within range to get, you know, that's really what you need to be is like the number top yeah. seven to get a chance at one of those lottery balls. So, whew. yeah, it, it seems like Pistons, Rockets, and I guess, I mean, those two, it, it, that's what makes the, oh, and the Spurs. Like Spurs have lost four straight, Rockets have lost six straight, Pistons have lost six straight. They're they're not hiding it. I mean, Pop told us not. Well, I'll bring this up What's one your, more time. Pop told yeah. us not to bet on the Spurs this year. What's your favorite? Like at this point, I feel like the Spurs is where I want him to end up. At this, yeah, point, it's still Spurs for up. me, man. Yeah, just favorite? go there. That's my favorite location. I want to yeah, see him. I want to see the unicorn be the unicorn without you know. I feel like it, it might be easy for him if he lands on a Pistons. Or a Rockets team, Spurs. I know I'm disrespecting Keldon Johnson again, but those San Antonio yeah, fans you. are going to have to get over it. Um, I don't know I if think... you could trust the Rockets situation more than like the Rockets might have better players, but they're also a yeah. It doesn't player. mean and the and the Spurs yeah, don't have better players, great. but they are like the most stable organization in basketball. So yeah. it's I think like, Pistons would definitely be the the best team for him. Pist- yeah. 
Pistons would be the best team for him, just not what not I want to see the most. Not for yeah. today. No, I would fucking hate that. But at least I got not Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley would be the, would own Victor Wembanyama. Trust me, I will start that immediately. The propaganda will start immediately. Like, okay, cool. We've got Evan Mobley. He's gonna shut him down. So that'll be. Don't worry, I've got it already backed up in my head. If this happens, right. I'm prepared. Hey, there you go. I, I really want the Spurs though because I don't trust the Rockets organization. I, well, that's the thing. The Rockets him. roster is so much fun with the guys. I love the players. Yeah, but it's like, if Jalen Green was on I the Spurs, can't. that'd be fucking sign me up every day. I mean, the thing with the Spurs is like, if they get Wemby, obviously they're building around Wemby. You keep Keldon Johnson and Vassell because they played all right this year. They played all right, or I is it Keldon something Johnson. unique? You don't like Vassell? That no, Vassell. I mean Vassell's all right. I like, I mean Sohan's been cool too. So like yeah. they've got they've got pieces, Sohan's and there's gonna cool. be more people that are gonna want to come play with. Branham's played well. Branham's played well. When they're gonna, you know, I mean, the Spurs if they get if they get cooking, they're gonna find like two other guys that's that are true. come out of nowhere that just that's like true. get twenty minutes a night or something. But because um, that's that's the argument for me. What about right? Bronny? What about Bronny next year? Bronny and Wemby. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. I'd look at the Rockets, and I'd want Wemby <laughs> to go to the Rockets. But I'm like, there's already guys in the Rockets I like, and they're just not figuring it out. Because they're, they're a work. mess, dude. I know. They are I'm, a, a I'm well show. aware they're a mess. They're worse than but it's your like, could Wemby fix that, or would Wemby just fall <laughs> no, into the mess? No, I don't. Well, I mean, that's how be, I feel. He would be make their floor higher, but I feel like they would just make his life miserable. Yeah. Imagine that. Hey, you're moving to America. Go, you're going to join the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Just know everything we know about them. Right Steven Silas reported the other day was literally had like a meltdown after the game because he couldn't get because he couldn't get through <laughs> the players. Apparently, one time in like January was like cry or like called somebody was like, I might be done. Like that's not good. <laughs> no, no, not good at all. Not good at all. Profession. <laughs> <laughs> not not so, yeah, great yeah that's the last well, uh, i would rather him go to the pistons than the rockets and that's saying a lot i think at this point wow yeah. that is you were yeah, firmly for, against the, that for, for the better of basketball um other pistons. other two more unicorns I guess they get less exciting as we go on um oh that's unfair that's unfair to the guy you're gonna bring up right now well, compared to the other two, and this is like a big question mark, and then the last one is he – we might have to strip him of the unicorn. He hasn't been that in a long time. Sure. No, he's he's bringing but the game down. Anyway, the, the next one's Chet Holmgren. I didn't mean that disrespect to Chet. I just – this is Johnny such a rumor. That, uh, I kind of did before, but I don't now, I, I, <laughs> well, now I can't just fully hate him because he's injured. I mean, he hasn't had a pr- chance to prove himself. I'm not going to – I'm not going to um, gloat about him being a bust when he hasn't played yet. But Chet Holmgren, it, this, basically, <laughs> this is basically a rumor of a rumor, but there's rumblings. Um, you know, people have seen that he changed his uh, – ESPN changed his injury tag to questionable. Apparently, apparently there's a cryptic Instagram post where he was hinting at a return. But Chet apparently is making strides in his injury, and he could return for OKC this season? Hmm, question mark? Um, and they're about to be in the play-in tournament. So if you know they get in somehow to the playoffs through the play-in, Chet comes back, 
might be a tough team to play in the first round, but this is a big if. Big yeah, if. I mean, go ahead. You don't want to bring him back too soon because yeah. I think for the Thunder, this is not the year to do that. The Thunder have a plan going forward. Chet's a huge part of their step this year. And I like the players they have around on the team. I like Jalen Williams. I, well, I should say I like both Jalen Williams. I like Josh Giddy. The Thunder have a fun team, and Chet's a big piece of it. I The last thing I would want, especially with a guy like this who just got hurt before the season started, is to bring him back too soon in a season that – the Thunder aren't really winning anything. Yeah. What cool if they are, though? They could. It would be cool. Not this year. Not this are you year. sure? Are you sure? And the West is wide open. But would you really like risk getting him injured for next year to bring him back? I don't. I if it's, no, I don't. I don't think I would. But if there's if they're like he can play and he's fine, then I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I probably wouldn't still. But I don't know what they're telling him. I don't know why he's posting cryptic shit like that. Uh, and they they all do it. They it's all very do interesting. It. At this point, I they think are right in the thick of it. When man. a player like, isn't posting, can, this is what like. Can we just talk like the West in general? Like, I don't know what to think. I'm not picking. I don't want to pick Denver when it comes down to it. When we pick the playoffs, I'm. I told you, I'm bi- biased picking the Kings, and I'm just ready for them to lose and rip my heart out. But I want to see the Kings. <laughs> is that we're gonna do? It? I mean, I could yes. do that. Or it's yeah, probably going to so be the Suns. The Suns is probably where I wind up landing, and I'm going to hate Honestly, it. But their odds are going to be so bad if KD's like, re- like good but to go. But it's Kevin Durant. I love Kevin Durant. You know I love Kevin no, Durant. No, I know. But, but saying, I don't know. I just don't know what to do. I don't know if I can trust Denver, and that's really what it comes down to. And then the rest of it, I know I can't trust anybody else. Denver is like, I just want Denver to like win me over, and I don't know if it's going to happen at this point. Oh, dude, look at they haven't won you guys over. You guys, it's not like you guys are sitting here jumping to Denver's defense either. So I feel like uh, I, know. I, I, I jumped to their defense in the regular season. I jumped to Jokic's defense for MVP. <laughs> I will not jump to Denver's defense for a playoff, uh, a successful playoff team until they prove it. Right, I will, good. I will that jump to them in the regular season and Jokic. I won't do it right now. I can't. I can't. I, I, I say this every time. If we go into a playoff series, which guy would I rather have? Kawhi Leonard carrying the team, Jokic. Or Curry, it's like I just for me, it's not even that. It's just it's it's your three best players: Jokic, not a good defender; Jamal Murray, not a good defender; defender. Michael Porter Jr., not a good defender. defender. Exactly, it's just hard to win that way. I agree. Dunny, what were you going to say? You're not. Are you are you not buying into the Nuggets then either? I'm with Steve, and where like I I kind of have to see it because this has just been the same recipe for you know not to this degree. I don't they they haven't really dominated the conference for a full year um, in past years like they are this year. But my biggest thing is I do think that this is a much improved Denver team than we've seen at when they're at full strength compared to the last couple of years. Um, I yeah. think their bench is one of the best in the league. I think they're one of the deepest teams in the league, and obviously. Um, you know, Jokic is still at at the peak of his game and, you know, yeah. getting better every night, it seems. So I do have a slightly higher hopes this season, but it's kind of the same thing, man. Like, I don't know if if the Suns see the Nuggets in the second round or, you know, even if it's the Western Conference Finals, like, or any of the Warriors. 
I guess, you know, those two I feel most confident about. But even if, like, the Grizzlies somehow meet them, like, I think they're beating those te- Like, I think those teams are beating the Denver Nuggets just looking at it on paper. Yeah, the Grizzlies one might be the only one I kind of pushed back on a little bit just because I think the Grizzlies, I still haven't really seen enough yet. Um, yeah. I'm still worried. I can see it. I just yeah, don't even yeah, know yeah, what to fucking true. do with them. But, but I'm with you, Dunny, right? And I think the odds – would be with you too if you if we saw a healthy Phoenix Suns team against the Nuggets. The Suns are favored. I don't care if the Nuggets have home court and they're the one seed. Suns are favored for that series, right? I, oh. I, I like. I don't. I don't think they wouldn't be. Yeah. You go Clippers Nuggets. That's going to be a lot closer to a pickup series than people think. It's just if it's a Lakers it's Nuggets round Lakers, one series, what are the odds looking like for that whole series? Because it's going to be skewed. LeBron. Is LeBron one hundred percent? He's 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 back. So you, you if, uh, he's back. It's they're in. Like, they're here in my town tonight. Plus, tickets, it's going to be like Lakers fucking, plus one forty. It's going to be probably more expensive than we've ever seen a one eight. But I mean, and it's tough to argue it. It really is because I think. Jake, your point is like the Nugget Stars just aren't great defenders. Yeah, what are they, they really doing do with Davis? The what are they doing with Davis for seven games if he's playing like we know he can play? Like that's what I don't know what that team has. I don't. They yeah. don't have answers defensively. That's the thing. They they might have like a good scheme to start off, but if teams are smart and can figure mm-hmm. it out, I don't think they have a lot of like counter moves <laughs> defensively, right. and that's what kills them in the end. I don't know. We I got think, off. We got I off track here like, with the talk about Jokic and them and everything else. But Jokic just, is a unicorn, right? He is I a think, unicorn, and so is Davis. Unicorn too. description. I would say, and Fair it's just, enough. It's it's this is a wide open conference. This is just it is. It's fucking crazy, and we're talking about Chet. Like maybe if Chet did come back, he could kind of swing like two rounds of this if he was good. That's how close everything is right now. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is. It's uh, it's weird, dude. Like I, I have been saying it for like the last like two months, but just looking at the Western Conference standings like freaks me out sometimes. I don't I'm know. Like, what I'm is... looking at it right now. Yeah, as we're talking, it's like what am I even like, looking I don't at? Even know what to do with this? Yeah, like I, I just mean, don't it, even it's know. it's crazy. You go from the Clippers, you could honestly go up to the Suns, which are the four seed, down to the Mavs, which are the first team out right now. Three and a yeah. half games separate that. Four seed to the 11 seed. It, it, it's crazy. And the craziest part about that, too, four seed to the 11 seed, all these teams have like a case of, oh, they could be decent. Come play. Yeah. They could be decent. And it's it's wild because you look at the top three seeds, Denver, Memphis, and the Kings. And if you said, all right, Steve, Man. you get the top three seeds or you get uh, four <laughs> through 10, give me four through 10. Well, yeah. what do you do with the Warriors there, bro? Like thir- being 31 and 8 at home and 9 and 29 on the road just makes zero <laughs> sense at all. Like that, like you look at 31 Dude, and 8, hey. the only other teams comparable records. These are the teams comparable to 31 and 8. The Bucks 30 and 7, the Celtics 28 and 9, the Cavs Memphis 30 too, and 8. Right? Memphis, Memphis 33 and 5, yeah. Record. Denver 32 and 6. Those are the teams that are compared the home record. They're away record, 9 and 29. Detroit seven and twenty nine. Like that's like how? How is that possible? What's crazy right now, and I think the Suns are going to keep winning, so it probably won't happen. The Warriors are one game out of the four seed. They get the four seed. That's a home series. That's a home series right there. You win that, and we're talking about the Nuggets could go up against the Lakers. Something crazy. Potential another home series. 
But Warriors are probably going to get the sixth seed and lose in seven because they can't win a road game. I don't know, man. That's that's I'm riding with the Warriors until they kill me in this playoffs. I think fair. Um, Unless we they were, play the Kings, obviously. Shout out Kings. We're previewing the West playoffs a lot here. I just wanted to, uh, before we preview the East, because we were going to end with a little playoff preview anyway. Um, last, last unicorn. Make me well, he he was the he was the originator of the unicorn, at least as far back as I can remember. I mean, I'm sure there was one before our time that just maybe. Well, there's been a lot, but they just started calling him the uni- a unicorn. Yeah, for some Chris Stapps yeah. Porzingis was the OG unicorn um, out of this generation for sure. He is great for the maths. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he put the beat down on the Boston Celtics last night, and then this morning the Wizards are talking as if they're going to give him a big contract extension. So. Chris Stapps could be getting paid yet again. They are also trying to sign Kyle Kuzma, who's like a baby unicorn, I guess. We can uh, include him in this segment as well. Yeah. But I just thought that was interesting. Chris Stapps kind of – people are big out on him. He's been balling since he joined uh, the Wizards and him and Kuzma. Maybe that's their team going forward, and who knows what happens with Bradley Beal. But maybe they try to build around Chris Stapps instead. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been playing well. He has been playing well this year. For the, yeah. Wizards. the Wizards are the one team that, like, I kind of whiffed on. I thought the Wizards were going to be terrible, and I know they're still kind of fighting to get in that plan, but they've been playing a lot better than expectations. And, and you ask a casual NBA fan to name more than maybe four players on the Wizards, they did three. They probably can't do it. Yeah. With I don't, the, I don't care, Steve. They're, 30, they're 34 and 42. They're going to be like 38 and whatever again. Like, no, I know. The Wizards I, but, I'm, for the last... but I'm saying this is – Better than I expected. I thought the Wizards <laughs> yeah. were going to be in the right in the Wemby sweepstakes. It's better than I expected. I have to give them a little bit. They right? they they, so, they have achieved all the way to purgatory, avoiding the Wemby sweepstakes, like all good teams are doing. <laughs> the Wizards are so funny. They are so funny. They are like I just don't even understand the Wizards' existence. All right. Well, since we're talking Wizards and they're right on the outside of the, they're Eastern in it though. They are playing. They are. Well, yeah. What? What? Where do you guys like about the East playing? Any teams stand out? I mean, it's hard not to talk Heat here. I mean, the Heat could not be a playing team though. They the Bulls jump. are the hottest team. The Heat out of could this jump group, Brooklyn. Though. The Heat. The Bulls are Brooklyn. the hottest team. Yes. Out of this group. Yes, they are. They have been the playing Bulls. the best basketball out of this group. They were, it's starting to come together for Chicago. Everybody's healthy. And Pat Bev really, like, solidified defense. They, they are strong defensively now, actually. Are you going back at the end game, though? Are you, like, do you think the Bulls are a threat if they got get out of the plan? Because I – None of those teams are a threat, I don't think. I think the you top four teams are going – You don't think the Heat are a threat? If the Heat stay in the playing game no. and they win? I think the Heat are going right. to lose in six right, Johnny, to Philly Heat, or Heat Celtics, Boston. Heat Celtics first round. Do you feel comfortable? No. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> it's my point. All, <laughs> it's, it's all just re- – it's all years. It's not actual on-the-court play this year. I mean, I think the, the Celtics win that, but it, it does. I would not feel good, and that is easily what it's looking like right now, yeah. which I don't like. But I think he could jump Brooklyn, right? Heat are only they, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're only – I think yeah. they're half, game, half yeah, yeah. game. So you got to be rooting, right, for the Heat to win right now, they're Johnny? Playing the Knicks. They're playing the Knicks right now, too. Yeah. 
Because I mean, I'm I'm asking you, Donnie, and we'll just say that if Brooklyn falls, they they eventually play the Celtics. You'd much rather play Brooklyn in a series than the Heat. Yes, even though we did blow a 28 point lead to them as well. So yeah. Well, but yeah. no, I we have the Nets number outside of that game. Um, yeah. I'll take I'll take Brooklyn all day. Just coaching experience, star power. Brooklyn just doesn't have that compared to Miami. Uh, Hawks are the only team that like I'm just looking over their logo when I see the playing tournament. It's oh, disrespectful, but yeah. Um, you know, maybe they win a playing game, maybe they do find themselves in a seating, but I think they get whomped by whoever they play in the first round, if that's the case. The Hornets would be a bigger threat than the Hawks if they were in the playing game right now. <laughs> and then the Raptors with all man, due like, respect. You know, we the, know Raptors we're gonna give the Raptors are so freaking we, weird, though, man. Yeah. Like, they yeah. just – Nick they Nurse weird? loves to just be stick around and be pesky and I trust have the a red Bulls. face. They're going to give, the give you a good game. They're going to give you yeah. a good game, and that's really all you Probably can. not a good series, though. I think it's right. Miami and Chicago. I think those, those two teams are much better than Atlanta and uh, Toronto at this point in the season. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think that's the, where we end up. I think the – the Miami Heat are the best complete team and just team I trust because or Brooklyn, of, yeah, or Brooklyn if that's what it is. But yeah, I think Chicago ends up ahead of the other two is what I'm trying to. Get I at. think Chicago has the most. They've just been playing good. Re- they're, yeah. they're they're playing good recently. Like they look better. Like their record is deceiving because they started off so bad, but they have been very good since getting Pat Bev and getting healthier and everything. Like. They've just been a better team. I just think that they're they got higher upside with, with their roster than the other two teams do if they're clicking. We yeah, know what we know what Chicago can be if they're clicking. Like they're that's a yeah. it's a good team that is just gonna get blitzed on some nights. Yeah. Pat hit Shannon Sharp with the Lakers stake. Oh, I and he's also the king of the playing tournament, bro. Do we not that's remember true. Him Minnesota? True. That's true. True. He's gonna be up on that table. Waving the towel around after United they take down someone crazy. in this playing tournament. They also the Bulls play the Lakers again in a half yeah, hour. Yeah, soon, 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 soon. Be, I mean, if they get both of those games, man, it's a huge Nick, game there. Nick Wright's gonna have some explaining to do. There's the a hot. It's like a hundred. I, I checked a, at some point during the pod. It was like a hundred seventeen dollars cheapest ticket to get in the United Center tonight. It's a hot ticket here. <sighs> For uh for LeBron's trip into Chicago because I was hoping I've been looking all year honestly it's been pretty consistent but it's definitely gone up it's gonna be interesting in the the East I just don't think talking about the East as a whole I think it's gonna be the four going on and that's where we're at at this point I feel pretty yeah. confident about the Cavs against the Knicks at this point because good luck yeah, Julius Randle against Evan Mobley like that <laughs> good luck buddy that's where I and then I, I think Johnny, you just I think, wait till next year just wait till the Mobley talk from Jake next year oh this it's is, un, it's gonna be unbearable but I've had to hear Jason I've had to hear everything about Jason I was gonna say years, so <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. and now I'm giving you Jalen Brown too so <laughs> yeah well I love Jalen I'll, I'll take him on the Cavs next year in a nice trade that'll be cool hey <laughs> 132 to get in the building Right now for Whoa, Lakers Bulls. Get over No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm with you though, man. The the East is going to be interesting from one to four. Then the plan should be interesting. Whoever ends up in those middling teams, I don't think will be all that afraid of. Um, 
I was going to say one more thing about the West. Oh, yeah, the West in the plan. We were just talking about the Lakers. Do, what, what is the likelihood? Do you guys think that the Lakers could actually miss everything altogether? Do you think they could drop out? I mean, obviously, they statistically, nah. they could. But do you guys think they will? I think they're making the playoffs. Nah, the Jazz are tanking for Wemby, so there's really only the Mavs and OKC they're competing against. I'd be shocked. If Let me see. What are we looking at there? The Lakers. I gave you, I gave you Brooklyn or Miami and Chicago. I'll say, probably. Damn, I, I don't want Zion Minnesota, healthy. but Minnesota. I don't trust. I, I is Zion trust gonna Minnesota be healthy? Anymore. Like, I don't know. I'll go I, Lakers and and T Wolves, but I don't feel good about that. I like to that. get out of the plan. Yeah. The Thunder could beat both of those teams. That's like that's the thing. Thunder, the Thunder could beat fuck the Wolves. Ever. The Thunder could beat. Thunder all could these beat teams. the Wolves. Thunder run a play. Right now it'd be Thunder Lakers in a, though. In a it'd playing game Lakers. against the Wolves and just kind of get Gobert off the court. We've seen it before with the Jazz, where he's just kind of odd man out in certain playoff games because teams match up differently and Gobert yeah. just can't really guard outside the paint. Steve, Thunder right now be- it's right now it's Timberwolves, Pelicans, Lakers, Thunder. That would yeah, be I know. I, I'm saying if Wolves fell down, yeah, that, gotcha, that, that's gotcha. the only way they would play the Thunder. But I'm saying, yeah, the Thunder could beat them. Um, yeah, Lakers think, would be yeah. tough for the Thunder. I think that'd be a tough matchup for. They them. have beaten them this year, though. They a have. fully healthy Laker team a couple times. Um, Pelicans, like Dunny said, the big I, question with the Pelicans is if, right? If with, yeah. with the Pelicans, I don't know what to do with them. If if Zion's back and healthy, then they could win the West, in my opinion. That's what I, that's where I was at earlier in the year, right? Like, but does he hold up for? Cooking, I don't know. That's what I mean. Yeah. He, he's the biggest. He's the biggest what if for the last he two could, years. He could have court activities. So March twenty second, they said he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. I don't know if I like that, but he's cleared for on court activities. So he could theoretically today, that's been a week. So next Wednesday, he's going to be reevaluated. It's a short ramp up period, too. That's the thing. Because the playoffs start not next weekend, but probably next Tuesday is the play first play-in game, right? Not or not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after is the first play-in game, I would assume. After Easter weekend. That's a quick ramp up if he has to play in a play-in game. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it probably <laughs> said this. No. This is just such wishful thinking at this point. When you break it down, <laughs> the last, the last game, the last uh, regular season is Sunday, April 9th. Easter Sunday is the last day of the regular season. Love that. that we'll see, fun. man. It's this is this is we keep saying it, but best time of year here, folks, for basketball. This is the most fun NBA playoff race we've had in so long, too. Like yeah. actual jockeying for position that matters, both in the draft and in the playoffs. And we know we're getting like the most wide open East and Western Conference uh playoffs that we've had in a while. It's gonna be crazy, man. It's going to be fun. I can't Especially wait once we get to the semifinals. The like that, is going to be crazy. The round of eight there is going to be whatever teams make it out of that West first round chaos. And then that East, if it's the top four, as I think it's, go, as I think it's going to be. Whew, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a lot of money on Heat Celtics series. Just ripping, just ripping the Celtics because they're going to sweep the Heat. Broad ass <laughs> Heat. <laughs> 
They don't got Jackie Kyle Jake. Lowry no more. There's no Kyle Lowry anymore. It's just old Jimmy Butler and Bam, and that's it in a playoff series. Don't be disrespect. There goes my Tyler Hero. <laughs> Good luck. If you th- if if you're if that's what you're gonna go with, if that's who you're going out swinging with, I'll take the Celtics every day. Have you seen Derek White play basketball this year? This is just me gassing up Dunny. But I just I don't, don't. I don't think you should be. I don't think any Derek, be Derek White has been great. Teams. Been great. I'd pay Derek White over Tyler Hero. A hundred percent. I'm not even joking. Yeah, this started as a bit, but now this it's year not anymore. No, this year I can't go that far. No, Tyler Hero's been good. He's been good. Derek White could be all, all defensive. First Derek White should game. be starting and playing like 35 minutes a night. It's just Marcus Smart has more clout in the organization at this point. Yeah, Derek's been like starting since Rob got hurt last time, and then yeah. even since he's come back, which it seems to be working, just not against the Wizards, well, I guess. But. I was going to say not last night. Jesus Christ. I but anyway. It off, I turned it off a league pass, dude. The Cavs were going to halftime. I turned it off, and I was like, all right, let's go watch the Celtics game quick. And the score didn't update. It still said, like, first quarter or in the second quarter or something. And it was like a four-point game or five-point game. I was like, all right, nice. And it was it was not that. But yeah. minor setback for a major comeback. It's the end of the season. Come on. Box like, tomorrow. Celtics box That's tomorrow. also what I think was most of it. Like, they're looking ahead to the biggest game of the year, yeah. basically. Yeah, Definitely. We'll see, man. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Tune into that uh, if you want to see a, basically a, a preview of what could be just an incredible series in the playoffs if we see those two match up. But maybe not. It will definitely have a playoff atmosphere. Um, in Boston? Anything else? I think that's all I got. In Boston? The Maps aren't making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear it, come out of my mouth one more time. And we, I know we yeah, they're done. The that's all right. Playing. They're I'm not going to be. That. They're not going to be in there. Mavs Sixers tonight. A lot of big games around the NBA. Oh, this yeah. Week. Mavs Sixers. I'm beat over 50 points. Steve's beaten down. He is. <laughs> he is beaten. What do you mean? Tomorrow night, Cavs, uh, or uh, Friday night, Cavs, Knicks. That's what Cavs, I'm Knicks. To next. Yeah, That'd Friday night. Fun. Heat next going on right now, too. Yeah, what's going on in there? That's very. That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll give the memory. the people a little score update for anyone watching live. Oh my! What? I didn't start. Oh, yet. It hasn't started yet. Six thirty. Oh, six, that's what we get for those. That's what we get for Hell those national yeah. televised games. The the tips just stay being late. Uh, what is ESPN today? If Philly, we got. Oh, Durant's on ESPN later. All right, smart play. I'm sure you're on TNT tomorrow, Dunny. I think so, yeah. Hopefully. That'd be upsetting if not. All right. That'll do it for Happy Hour Hoops. Follow us on all socials at Happy Hour Hoops 1. Follow Trainwreck Sports. Follow the three of us. Go like and subscribe to YouTube, please, if you're watching. Yes. On Twitter. Check it out on YouTube. Toss us a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, enjoy the Final Four. Enjoy the last few games of the NBA regular season. We'll be back next week talking yoffs. Maybe talking more unicorns. Peace out, guys. Have a good one, guys. Mm-hmm.
I hope that stays in there. <laughs>